Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, all the president's taxes. New documents reveal President Trump didn't pay any federal income tax for a decade. And in his first year in office, he paid just $750. The president says he's entitled to tax breaks. But why did he pay the same amount to the IRS as an adult making about $18,000 a year? What we're learning about the Trump Organization losing tens of millions of dollars and why the Speaker of the House says the president's debts are a threat to national security. Plus, the candidates prepare for their first face-off. Out of control, massive fires burn in Northern California. Sustained winds at tropical storm strength and Napa wineries incinerated. New body cam video, the chaotic scene the night Breonna Taylor was killed, and the new questions about the conduct of the Louisville police who were involved. One million deaths. As the world hits a devastating threshold, the vice president warns cases will rise in the U.S. in the coming days. Plus, two of the nation's top health officials raise concerns about the man giving President Trump coronavirus advice. Brain-eating amoeba. Thousands are told to boil water after a six-year-old boy dies from a rare parasite. Top Trump aide hospitalized. Dramatic footage of the president's former campaign manager taken by force to a hospital. What police found inside his home. And gaining yards. A big day for women in the NFL. On the sidelines and on the field. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening to our viewers in the West, and thank you for joining us. Tonight, President Trump is refusing to directly address allegations that he avoided paying any federal income tax for years, using a series of loopholes, write-offs, and business losses to shield himself from the same types of taxes nearly all working Americans pay. The New York Times says it has documents showing President Trump paid only $750 in income tax his first year in office, that his businesses are losing money, and that he personally owes $421 million on loans made to his companies. Today, the Speaker of the House suggested those debts could be threat to a national security. And tonight, while the president does not appear to be denying the facts in the Times report on Twitter, he's accusing the newspaper of illegally obtaining his information and arguing that his financial statements are, quote, impressive. For a president who built his reputation and his presidency on the idea that he's the ultimate dealmaker, these new revelations now threaten to once again upend this year's campaign and on the eve of his first debate with former Vice President Joe Biden tomorrow night. There's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents covering it all. CBS's Ben Tracy is going to lead off our coverage tonight at the White House. Good evening, Ben. Nora, good evening. You know, President Trump is the first president since Richard Nixon not to release his tax returns. And when these revelations came out, he first called them fake news. Now he's trying to justify how he's handled his taxes. Tonight, President Trump is not answering questions about tax records he's long tried to conceal. In a bombshell report, the New York Times obtained tax return data covering more than two decades. It shows President Trump paid just $750 in federal income tax in 2016 and 2017, the same amount a single adult making about $18,000 would owe. And in 10 of the 15 years before that, he paid nothing because his business has lost so much money. The Biden campaign turned the tax revelations into an ad showing what average Americans pay. The Times report contradicts Mr. Trump's billionaire business guru image. They paid me $213 million. Many of his businesses, including golf courses and hotels, report losing large amounts of money. The president also used tax deductions to fund his lavish lifestyle, writing off expenses for housing, aircraft, You're fired. and even $70,000 in hairstyling for his TV appearances. It's totally fake news, made up fake. On Sunday, the president denied the report. Today, he defended his use of depreciation and tax credits in a pair of tweets. Mr. Trump has long claimed there's nothing to hide in his tax returns while refusing to release them. I look forward to releasing that. I look forward to releasing many things. I'm going to release many things, and people will be really shocked. The documents obtained by The Times show the IRS is auditing a questionable $73 million tax refund the president claimed and could now be forced to pay back with interest. The records also show Mr. Trump took in $73 million from foreign deals during his first two years in office and is now facing hundreds of millions of dollars in loans coming due. This president appears to have over $400 million in debt, 420, whatever it is, million dollars in debt. To whom? Different countries? What is the leverage they have? So for me, this is a national security question. And Ben joins us now from the White House. So what do these documents reveal about Ivanka Trump's role in the family business? Well, Nora, according to the New York Times, these tax documents suggest that Ivanka Trump was paid $750,000 in unspecified consulting fees while she was an employee of the Trump organization. Now, those payments could have helped the family reduce its overall tax bill. 
All right, Ben Tracy, thank you. The candidates will face off for the first time tomorrow night, and about 100 million people are expected to tune in to the first presidential debate on Tuesday. CBS's Ed O'Keefe covers the Biden campaign, and he joins us now from the debate site in Cleveland. All right, Ed, we've seen the Biden campaign already capitalizing on these revelations about Trump's taxes with that new ad, but that's not all, right? No, it's not, Nora. That's right. They're also now selling buttons and T-shirts that say, I paid more in income taxes than Donald Trump. Here in the debate hall tomorrow night, we expect Biden will argue that the president cheats the system while the average American played by the rules and had to pay more in taxes. He's also expected to do something he's been doing recently out on the campaign trail, talking up his working class roots in his hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania, versus the president's more comfortable New York upbringing. But for Biden, there is risk tomorrow night. He could be challenged to stay focused and disciplined in the face of what are expected to be harsh attacks by the president, potentially on his son Hunter Biden and the work that he did in China and Ukraine that was the subject of a recent congressional investigation and on Biden's own mental fitness. Those sorts of attacks do get under Biden's skin and have the potential to knock him off balance. His aides hope instead he keeps focused on what's been working for him and keeping him ahead in the polls by raising questions about the president's oversight of the coronavirus pandemic and the economic downturn it's created. Nora. All right, Ed O'Keefe, thank you. And don't forget to join us for CBS News live coverage of the first presidential debate tomorrow night at 9 Eastern, 6 in the West. We're going to turn now to that wildfire emergency in California where more than two dozen major fires are burning tonight. Nearly 80,000 people have been told to evacuate. Wineries have gone up in smoke and red flag warnings are in effect as tropical storm force winds fan the flames. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is there. Tonight, parts of California's wine country incinerated by a wildfire that continues to burn out of control. Warning, fire evacuation in progress. Powerful winds gusting up to 50 miles per hour fanned the flames overnight, more than quadrupling the number of acres burned in Napa and Sonoma counties. In an instant, home after home nestled along the hillsides quickly became kindling. Nearly 80,000 people have been ordered to evacuate as 8,500 structures are under threat. Firefighters are flanking the edges of Santa Rosa, a city of 177,000 residents. Hopefully we can make a stop before it you know, burns into any more populated areas. Overnight, elderly residents at an assisted living center had to be loaded onto buses and driven to safety. And popular locations like the Chateau Boswell Winery up in flames. This wine region is unfortunately no stranger to wildfires. In 2017, the Tubbs Fire killed 22 people here. The homeowners here made it out alive after escaping in the middle of the night. And while homes like this may no longer look like a threat, firefighters have been going from neighborhood to neighborhood, putting out hot spots, worried that they could ignite more flames. Nora. Jonathan Vigliotti there. Thank you. Tonight, the curfew has been lifted in Louisville, Kentucky. Protests over the shooting death of Breonna Taylor have been largely peaceful. Well, today, former detective Brett Hankison pleaded not guilty to wanton endangerment for firing 10 shots wildly, some hitting a neighbor's apartment. And now video has emerged that raises new questions about the officer's actions. Here's CBS's Adriana Diaz.
Newly leaked body camera footage published by Vice News appears to show now-indicted former detective Brett Hankison walking into the crime scene, an apparent violation of police policy. This is reportedly him holding the flashlight, asking about shell casings before being asked to leave. That's theirs? No, it's ours, it looks like. But I'd, I'd back out until they get TIU in here. And tonight, Vice released audio of the SWAT commander who responded who in this interview with investigators criticized the execution of the warrant and described the aftermath. It was just an egregious act. I mean, from our perspective, if that's in fact what happened. I mean, if other details come to light, it is what it is. But it's just it seemed like that there's no target identification whatsoever for those rounds that were shot outside the apartment. And in an unexpected development, tonight a grand juror filed a notice asking the state to release grand jury proceedings and to allow them to speak publicly about matters that were not presented. The notice says the juror wants the public to know only the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Frederick Moore is co-counsel for Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. If our community is going to begin to heal, the very first step that needs to be made is that the truth needs to be put out. Put your hands on your head! People need to know what happened that night. An attorney for officer Jonathan Mattingly, who was shot in the leg, says these leaked videos don't show anything substantive and that the officer still acted in self-defense. Meanwhile, the mayor's office tells us that a redacted version of the police's internal investigation will be released within days. Nora. Adriana Diaz, thank you. Tonight, the confirmed global death toll from COVID just reached one million, a staggering figure, though the World Health Organization believes the real number may be even higher. Here in the U.S., 29 states are reporting an increase in new cases compared to two weeks ago. Several Midwestern states are reporting record cases and hospitalizations. We get more now from CBS's Nikki Batiste. In the Rose Garden today, Vice President Mike Pence warned Americans about the coronavirus as a potential surge faces the nation. The American people should anticipate that, that cases will rise in the days ahead. But moments later, President Trump appeared to contradict that. But we're rounding the corner regardless, but vaccines are coming and they're coming fast. President Trump also announced the federal government's plan to send 150 million rapid care tests to governors to use at their discretion. Today, NBC News reported CDC Director Dr. Robert Redfield slammed special advisor to President Trump Dr. Scott Atlas's position on the efficacy of wearing masks. During a phone call made in public, Redfield was overheard saying everything Atlas says is false. Today, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease doctor, also weighed in, expressing his concern that Atlas, a White House task force member, is sharing misleading information with the president. In a statement to CBS News, Deputy White House Press Secretary Sarah Matthews said the president consults with many experts both inside and outside of the federal government who sometimes disagree with one another. Dr. Fauci warns the U.S. is not in a good place with 15 states averaging positivity rates above 10 percent. Here in New York, there has been an uptick in cases just as most New York City public schools are set to reopen for in-person learning this week. Nora? Nikki Batiste, thank you. Well, tonight, former Trump campaign manager Brad Parscale is under psychiatric evaluation at a Florida hospital after his wife told police that he was abusive, armed, and possibly suicidal. Here's CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. To the ground, man. 
This body camera video shows the takedown of former Trump campaign manager Brad Parscale after a standoff with Fort Lauderdale police at his home. The incident started Sunday afternoon with a 911 call from a woman who stopped to help Parscale's wife, Candace, after the couple argued. She came out and then she heard the gunshot. She doesn't want to walk back in. She's worried he shot himself. According to the police report, Candace Parscale told officers Brad has made suicidal comments and drinks and suffers from PTSD. Officers believed he was under the influence of alcohol. His wife said he had several firearms. The police found 10. Can you come outside with no weapons, please? Hold your arm. Has he been hurting you? The caller and officers also noticed bruises on both of his wife's arms. In the report, she says they occurred a few days ago during an altercation with Bradley. Parscale had become a prominent figure in the president's circle, running the digital side of the 2016 campaign and becoming campaign manager of the 2020 re-election bid until July when he was demoted. The campaign issued a statement rating in part, Brad Parscale is a member of our family and we all love him. We are ready to support him and his family in any way possible. Police say Parscale is not charged with a crime. He was hospitalized under Florida's Baker Act, which allows for the involuntary commitment of up to 72 hours and a mental health evaluation for those who are deemed a threat to themselves or others. Nora? Manny Bajorquez, thank you. Kamala Harris campaigned in North Carolina today. Joe Biden was there last week, while President Trump has visited the state five times in a month. And for good reason. North Carolina is a crucial swing state with 15 electoral votes. CBS's Janet Shamlian found one issue has energized both campaigns there. In our series, 2020 America Decides, Every State Has a Story. At a fundraising fish fry in Raleigh, a side order of Supreme Court politics. I think he should wait like the lady on her dying bed asked him to do. Across town, at an American Legion yard sale, support for the president's pick. The choice on the Supreme Court, I think, needs to be a constitutionalist. While the nomination has energized voters, we found it hasn't changed minds. The economy, health care, and coronavirus, the biggest issues. Kathy Martin is for Biden based on Trump's COVID response. His handling of the pandemic has been outrageous. His his meddling with the CDC and the FDA is just totally, totally inexcusable. Dini Roosh is a Vietnam veteran for President Trump. He believes in the country, he believes in the people, he believes in the, you know, the, the military. The state has become more populated and diverse since 2016. New residents like Yuffie Wu. South Carolina is a swing state, so my vote counts. So yeah, I'm going to vote. With a robust economy here, for many, that's the decider. Before the pandemic, it was the best it had been in 50 years. That says something. Issues aside, Roderick Kearney is serving up hope for a return to civility. We have to do better. We have to do better. Janet Shamley and CBS News, Raleigh, North Carolina. In southeast Texas tonight, nearly 30,000 people are being told to boil their tap water following the recent death of a six-year-old boy. Officials say the boy died from a brain-eating parasite that was found in his town's water supply. CBS's Maria Villarreal spoke with his family. Hundreds of residents in Lake Jackson, Texas, lined up for bottled water after a brain-eating amoeba was found in the local water supply. 
Three weeks ago, Maria Castillo lost her six-year-old son, Josiah, to the deadly organism. It's such a fast-acting disease that, you know, his little body just couldn't handle. Castillo believes her son was infected while playing at a local splash pad, which is now closed, or from a water hose at their home. Castillo says her son was diagnosed with Nigleria fowleri, a rare brain-eating amoeba. According to the CDC, the organism is found in warm freshwater lakes and rivers. People can get infected when the amoeba enters the nose, but they cannot get infected if they swallow it. Now, state officials say they are working with the city to flush and disinfect the entire system. But Castillo says it comes too late for her family. I had to let go of my baby. It's the hardest thing I will ever have to do. She says they're heartbroken, but hopeful their story will save another child's life. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Dallas. They saw a first down toward the gender equality end zone. The game between the Cleveland Browns and Washington was the first in the NFL's 101-year history with a female coach on each sideline and a female official on the field. Jennifer King is a coaching intern for Washington. Callie Brownson is the chief of staff for the Browns coaches. And Sarah Thomas carries a whistle and a penalty flag. The NFL's senior director of diversity and inclusion tweeted, history made, pinch us. Incredible pioneers. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we go behind the scenes in Cleveland as both candidates prepare for the first presidential debate. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. A reminder to stay positive, test negative. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes Podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.